We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 755 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Monday, February 5th, 2024. It is the day on which we have the introductory press conference for Dan Quinn as commander's head coach. Him as the team's head coach now is official as the commanders on Saturday afternoon officially announced Dan Quinn as the 31st head coach in franchise history. Introductory press conference Monday afternoon at 2.30, and the presser will be happening off all kinds of stuff regarding the team's head coaching search and offensive coordinator search having come up over the last few days. Hello and welcome to this Monday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. The next segment, reaction to and discussion of the very latest of all of that commander's head coaching search stuff and offensive coordinator search stuff, including the commanders reportedly hiring former Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator. That news broke on Sunday night via multiple reports. The air raid is coming to Washington, D.C., and already a part of the commanders, apparently, is Joe Witt Jr. as defensive coordinator, the Dallas Cowboys secondary coach and defensive passing game coordinator. There had been reports that he was becoming the commander's defensive coordinator, but Witt's agency, Priority Sports, it late night on Sunday night, put out a post on X saying that Witt is becoming the next defensive coordinator for the Commanders. Uh, I'll also discuss things getting uh, very ugly between the Commanders and the man who was supposed to be their next head coach, Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. And I'll get into a report that the Commanders did, in fact, offer their head coaching job to Mike McDonald, who last Wednesday became the Seattle Seahawks head coach. Uh, then a great guest, Commanders insider J.P. Finley of NBC4 to talk about 
the team hiring Dan Quinn as head coach. Uh, you are going to hear a very honest and blunt JP about the process that has led to Quinn becoming the team's head coach. But JP is terrific. Very nice to have him back on the podcast. Also on the show, I'll talk Wizards and college basketball. Uh, two games for our tanking Wizards over the weekend. Two more losses for our tanking Wizards. Uh, Friday night, a 110-102 loss to the Miami Heat at Capital One Arena. Sunday afternoon, a 140-112 loss to the Phoenix Suns at Capital One Arena as the Wizards got annihilated by, yes, former Wizard Bradley Beal, who in his first game against the Wizards since being officially traded by them to the Suns last June 24th, scored 43 points in just 31 minutes, one second of playing time as a starter. 43 in 31-01 of playing time as a starter. Not bad. Uh, Our college basketball weekend featured Maryland, Georgetown, Virginia, and Virginia Tech all playing on Saturday. And three of the four teams losing. Maryland lost at Michigan State 63-54 on Saturday evening as 6-1 point guard Jameer Young scored 31 of the Terrapins' 54 points. Georgetown suffered its worst Big East home loss in program history. A 91-57 loss to number 9 Marquette at Capital One Arena on Saturday afternoon. Virginia did win its sixth consecutive game, a 66-65 win at Clemson on Saturday afternoon. But Virginia Tech lost at Miami 82-74 on Saturday afternoon in a game in which the Hokies blew a 10-point second half lead. Uh, By the way, we on Sunday afternoon had more on former Washington head coach Ron Rivera being a candidate to replace Dan Quinn as Cowboys defensive coordinator. CBS Sports NFL insider Jonathan Jones, seeing a post on X on Sunday afternoon, did say that the Cowboys plan to interview Ron for their defensive coordinator job. Ron as Cowboys defensive coordinator off the Cowboys defensive coordinator becoming (laughs) commander's head coach. What a world that would be. Growth and development. Yes, thank you, Ron. Growth and development. Uh, You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Lots of feedback on the commanders hiring Dan Quinn as their head coach. Email from Tom, writes Tom, (laughs) the clown show continues. Uh, Thank you for that email, Tom. Come on, Tom, the clown show is over. I think, I hope. No, the clown show is over. Uh, Email from David Meadows, writes David, do you think that it is any sort of red flag that Seattle did not hire Dan Quinn as head coach? Uh, Just seems odd. Uh, Thank you for the email, David. Good question. Dan Quinn, of course, was with the Seattle Seahawks for years. He was the Seahawks assistant head coach and defensive line coach for the 2009 and 2010 seasons. And he was the Seahawks defensive coordinator for the 2013 and 2014 seasons. The Seahawks executive vice president and general manager is John Schneider, uh, who was named Seahawks GM in January 2010 when the Seahawks hired Pete Carroll 
as executive vice president of football operations and head coach. Uh, Pete Carroll with the Seahawks had player personnel control. The Seahawks with Carroll had a coach-centric approach. Uh, John Schneider, by the way, actually was with the Redskins years ago. He was the Skins vice president of player personnel for the 2001 season. But the Seahawks head coaching search this offseason was John Schneider's first for the Seahawks, despite having been their GM since January 2010. Uh, I think that John Schneider wanted to find his own guy and did not want to just uh, dip back into the Pete Carroll barrel uh, and hire a guy in Dan Quinn, who a lot of people see as similar to Pete Carroll. So I actually don't see the Seahawks not hiring Quinn as head coach as a red flag regarding Quinn. But I get the question, and it is a question worth asking. Uh, Email from Mike Harwell writes, Mike, so reacting to what has happened over the last several days with regard to a new head coach for the Commanders. Initially, I was very disappointed that Ben Johnson turned us down. Then I was disappointed that Mike McDonald went to Seattle. Then I was disappointed that Dan Quinn was selected. Now, having had some time to reflect, I realize a few things. First of all, my disappointment was media-driven. I know nothing about Ben Johnson other than what I have been told. Basically, he has done an outstanding job as Detroit offensive coordinator. Then I started thinking about how many times I've seen great coordinators fail as head coaches. The requirements and skills for a head coach versus for a coordinator are very different. Maybe Johnson decided that he was not ready. Better to be a very successful coordinator in Detroit than a failing head coach in Washington. On further thought about Quinn, he has been a head coach with respect around the league, and he is not Eric Bieniemy, which was my worst fear. I believe that the key to Quinn's success will be the staff that he chooses. We can win with him at the helm. So I hope that everyone relaxes and keeps an open mind as we move forward. Uh, Thank you for the email, Mike. Uh, A very sober, rational take on the commander's head coaching hire and a lot of good points. Email from Gene in Manassas, Virginia. Writes Gene, thanks for the good work that you do. I'd like to comment on the various opinions that I've heard on the failure to get our first choice as head coach. First of all, I don't know if Dan Quinn will be a success. No one does. I am optimistic. But the failure in logic of the critics who say that the choice was botched because we got last choice overwhelms me. I think that no reasonable person would have wanted the hire to be made without an interview process. No reasonable person would have wanted the hire to have been made uh, just on outside reputation and complimentary recommendations. So in the interview process, our executives selected Quinn. The early word was that Quinn blew our execs away in the interview, but the execs were not done with the interview process, so they did not hire him then. Still, they must have encouraged Quinn to wait. The subsequent interviews with Mike McDonald and Raheem Morris did not give the team that impression, so each guy took his next offer, or either or both preferred the other opportunities and were not going to come here anyway. The dropping out of the two offensive coordinators, Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick, means that they failed 
their interviews. So I don't see the process as flawed or the final decision on Quinn as an indication that we settled for sloppy leftovers. You could say that as an opinion, but it is not a logical consequence of what happened. Sloppy leftovers is just a negative, biased opinion. Uh, Thank you for the email, Gene. Uh, I would not call Dan Quinn sloppy leftovers. I do think that there is a lot out there that he was not the commander's first choice to be their head coach, including something that came out this past Friday morning, a report from Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio that the commanders did in fact offer their head coaching job to Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, who instead this past Wednesday became the Seahawks head coach. Uh, Now, if you are a regular listener to this show, you know that I call Mike Florio fake news Florio because he so often is wrong, but he's not always wrong. I don't know if he's right about the commanders having offered their head coaching job to Mike McDonald, but if Florio is right about this, then that is a slam dunk certification that Dan Quinn was not the commander's first choice to be their head coach, to say nothing of the Ben Johnson situation. I do think that Johnson was the commander's top target and top choice. I do buy that his initial interview, the virtual interview that reportedly happened on January 19th, uh, perhaps did not go so well. But the commanders last Tuesday, January 30th, reportedly were en route to the Detroit area to conduct an in-person interview of Johnson. So the idea that they weren't still wanting Johnson uh, looks silly if they were flying to Johnson to at least interview him for a second time, if not actually offer him the head coaching job. But of course, Johnson reportedly canceled the interview and uh, withdrew from this offseason's head coaching cycle. Look, you can like Dan Quinn as commander's head coach. You can be excited about Dan Quinn as commander's head coach while also acknowledging that there is a lot out there that suggests that he wasn't their top choice. And, you know, all of this is suggests, looks like, indicates, because there's a lot here we don't know, okay? And you have to address this entire topic with some humility and acknowledge that, hey, there is a lot that we don't know. But to me, it's not the end of the world that Dan Quinn may well have not been the commander's top choice. He still could do really well as commander's head coach. I hope like heck that he does. Uh, Well, a law firm that will do well for you is the great law firm of Paulson & Nace. Paulson & Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm dedicated to promoting the rights of seriously injured persons and their families. In your and your family's greatest time of need, Paulson & Nace is there for you. Paulson and Ace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. You can call Paulson and Ace at 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Ace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace is widely respected throughout Washington, D.C. and West Virginia for the firm's accomplishments both in and out of courtrooms. In fact, Paulson and Nace was just named as part of U.S. News and World Report's Best Law Firms 2024 
edition. And Chris Nace and Matt Nace specifically are dedicated and decorated trial attorneys. Uh, Chris Nace in May was named the 2023 Barry J. Nace Trial Lawyer of the Year. This by the D.C. Trial Lawyers Association. Chris in July was elected as the parliamentarian of the American Association for Justice. And both Chris and Matt Nace in August were recognized by Best Lawyers in America for 2024. Why the accolades? Well, Paulson and Nace fights for you. Paulson and Nace does not accept low settlement offers that benefit the people who cause clients harm more than the offers benefit the clients. This is because Paulson and Nace is not afraid to take a case to trial. And that's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. Paulson and Nace has secured millions of dollars in verdict and settlement amounts for clients to better enable them to care for themselves and their families. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. When you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Just make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Hey, thank you to all of you who have given this podcast a five-star rating and who have written nice reviews of the podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long, can be just a sentence or two, but the ratings and the reviews help us out a lot. So thank you very much for doing them. Uh, Before we get to our guest, Commander's Insider J.P. Finley of NBC4, let us discuss the uh, many happenings and developments regarding the Commanders over the weekend. Uh, The two biggest items are as follows. Number one, Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn now is officially the Commander's new head coach. The team made the announcement on Saturday afternoon. Number two, the Commanders are hiring Cliff Kingsbury As their offensive coordinator, that news broke on Sunday night via multiple reports. Uh, Regardless of how you feel about the commanders hiring Dan Quinn as their head coach, I think that we all would agree that who the team hired as its offensive coordinator was massive, maybe even more important than the hiring of Quinn as head coach. Well, Cliff Kingsbury is becoming the commander's offensive coordinator. Many other names had come up, including that of UCLA head coach Chip Kelly, but Cliff Kingsbury is the guy, and I am happy about this. Uh, Kingsbury reportedly was going to become the Las Vegas Raiders offensive coordinator, but we on Saturday afternoon had multiple reports that Kingsbury was not becoming the Raiders offensive coordinator due to contract talks having broken down. And we on Saturday afternoon had multiple reports that Kingsbury was a significant candidate to become the commander's offensive coordinator. And sure enough, he is becoming the commander's offensive coordinator. I like me some Cliff Kingsbury. He is a part of the air raid offensive coaching tree, a shotgun heavy 
Pass heavy style offense uh, with a great name. Okay, Air Raid. How do you not like that name? That is such a great, imposing name, Air Raid. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury was Texas Tech head coach from December 2012 to November 2018. He was the Arizona Cardinals head coach from January 2019 to January 2023. And he spent this past season as a senior offensive consultant. For USC, which of course had Caleb Williams as its QB1, the same Caleb Williams for whom you wonder if the commanders just might trade up in the 2024 NFL draft, in which of course uh, the commanders have the number two overall pick. Now, it is true that USC's offense this past season was not as great as it should have been. How much of that was on Kingsbury is hard to say. It's also true that Kingsbury's head coaching resume is uh, not spectacular. Uh, Kingsbury as Texas Tech head coach went just 35 and 40. Kingsbury as Cardinals head coach had a regular season record of just 28-37 and 1. But the commanders are not hiring Cliff Kingsbury as head coach. They're hiring him as offensive coordinator and he does no offense. Cliff Kingsbury was Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes's collegiate head coach. Mahomes played for Texas Tech for the 2014 through 2016 seasons. Cliff Kingsbury was Texas A&M's offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the 2012 season, which was Texas A&M quarterback Johnny Manziel's Heisman Trophy winning season. The peak of Johnny football happened with Cliff Kingsbury as Johnny football's offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. And here's something else to consider with Cliff Kingsbury. Because he has been and NFL head coach, and that stint did not go so well. The fear of him, if things do go well with the commanders leaving his job as commander's offensive coordinator after, say, a season or two for an NFL head coaching job is lessened because there may be a reluctance from NFL teams to hire him as a head coach. So actually, the uh, less than stellar NFL head coaching run for Cliff Kingsbury might work in the commander's favor. Uh, A big thing with Cliff Kingsbury, of course, is the fit. Uh, How does he fit with Dan Quinn as head coach and with Adam Peters as general manager? The commanders right now are preaching organizational alignment big time. And there's a reason for that. Organizational alignment matters a ton. But yeah, this offensive coordinator hire, really important given that Dan Quinn is a defensive-minded head coach. The commanders need to get this offensive coordinator higher right. Did they with Cliff Kingsbury? We'll see, but I do like this hire. Uh, As for the importance of the commander's offensive coordinator hire, here was ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky on ESPN's NFL Live this past Thursday. Take a listen. In Washington? Yeah, I still think you're looking for the best leader. and I st- we, we have fallen in love a little bit in the NFL for the great X's and O's people. If we look at the history of the playoffs, offensive coaches are the ones that are going to the Super Bowl. That's just the truth. But I think what we're starting to see is the cycle of defenses being more prevalent and more important than they were six, seven years ago scoring. We've talked about that on this show. So I think it's the leader. But what happens is when you hire a defensive-minded head coach in modern-day football, you better be bringing a fantastic offensive coordinator, offensive-minded person with you. And Dan Quinn, that's going to be like the number one, I guess, step 
step that he's going to have to take is who's going to be that offensive-minded person to make sure not only the young quarterback, but to usher in an offensive part of that game that is going to be equivalent to a Super Bowl contender. No doubt. Uh, Well, what matters most now is how Dan Quinn does as commander's head coach. But the truth about this commander's head coaching search does also matter. And there over the last few days has been a lot of stuff out there about this head coaching search. Uh, First of all, the bizarre saga of the commanders and Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. Uh, That saga now (laughs) is even more bizarre. So you know by now the basics of what happened. Uh, The commanders reportedly, while en route to the Detroit area last Tuesday, found out that Johnson was withdrawing from head coaching consideration for the commanders and Seahawks, uh, to whom he reportedly had granted an in-person interview the previous day. Then we had NFL insider Mike Garofolo of NFL Network and NFL.com in an appearance on the Puck and Jim show on Sports Radio 950 KJR this past Thursday saying that Johnson had not interviewed well with the commanders and would not have gotten either the commander's head coaching job or the Seahawks head coaching job as those were the two remaining NFL head coaching vacancies when Johnson withdrew from the head coaching cycle for this offseason. Garofolo did say that he believed that Johnson had been the number one choice of commander's general manager Adam Peters, at least going into the team's head coaching search. Uh, Well, then we on Saturday morning got a whopper. Tampa Bay Buccaneers insider Jenna Lane of ESPN, she on Saturday morning in a post on X wrote the following, quote, was told that Ben Johnson was uh, turned off by commander's ownership, that their basketball guys and felt they were a little too confident in their football opinions. And I also heard that he didn't interview well. He said, he said, but clearly not a good fit for both sides, end quote. (laughs) So things between the commanders and Ben Johnson have gotten nasty. Uh, This is like a divorced couple slinging mud at each other. What would seem to be the case is that Ben Johnson, or at least the camp of Ben Johnson, believes that the commanders leaked to Mike Garofolo and others that Johnson interviewed poorly. And so Johnson, or at least his camp, uh, then put out this uh, rather harsh stuff about the commanders uh, to Jenna Lane. Who is right? Who is wrong? Who the heck knows? But boy, remember when Ben Johnson in a press conference on January 18th said those nice things about Adam Peters? (laughs) Uh, Man, that seems like a long time ago now. Uh, Meantime, to the idea of Dan Quinn not having been the commander's top choice to be their head coach. Well, now we have this, and I mentioned this in the opening segment of the show, but Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, he on Friday morning reported that the commanders did offer their head coaching job to Mike McDonald. Quote, per league source, new Seahawks coach Mike McDonald also had an offer from the commanders. It was extended after Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson removed his name from consideration for the job. End quote. Uh, As I say, Mike Florio is a fake news Florio. Uh, He's wrong a lot. But as I also say, Mike Florio is not a dummy. I actually think that he's a smart guy and he's not always wrong. I'll be honest, I'm not sure what to make of this Florio report of the commanders having offered Mike McDonald their head coaching job. We are going to get into this with J.P. Finley 
next segment. But I would like for someone else uh, to report <laughs> that this happened before fully buying this completely. But I tell you, if Mike Florio is right, then that is a major piece of information and what to think about the commanders hiring Dan Quinn as their head coach. The commanders reportedly conducted two interviews of Mike McDonald, who uh, at the time was the Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator. The commanders with McDonald reportedly conducted a virtual interview and an in-person interview. The date of the virtual interview was never actually reported as far as I can tell, uh, but the date of the in-person interview reportedly uh, was last Monday, January 29th. And the Seahawks last Wednesday hired McDonald as their head coach. But bottom line, Dan Quinn is the commander's head coach. And for more on that, we're going to get to J.P. Findlay up next. But this Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl 58. The San Francisco 49ers versus the Kansas City Chiefs at Allegiant Stadium in Paradise, Nevada. This Sunday evening at 630. A whole lot of opportunity to make money via Underdog Fantasy, which offers daily pick'em games that are super easy and fun. Just correctly pick whether certain players in each game will go higher or lower given totals, and you win. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, and it has a great offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI and to make a first deposit of at least $10. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use the promo code GALDI. My last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI. Again, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use that promo code GALDI. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. All right. Dan Quinn officially is the commander's new head coach off the announcement on Saturday afternoon. We have the introductory press conference on Monday afternoon at 2.30. A lot is going on for managing partner Josh Harris and general manager Adam Peters as the revamping of commander's football operations continues. Uh, joining us now is commander's insider J.P. Finley of NBC4. He also is the co-host of B. Mitch and Finley on 106.7 The Fan weekdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. He also is the co-host of the Beltway Football Podcast. You can follow JP on X at JP Finley NBCS. Hey JP, how are you? I am good, Goldie. How are you? Doing well. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, before we get into all of the specifics, uh, generally speaking, how is JP Finley feeling about Dan Quinn as the commander's new head coach? You know, in a vacuum, it's 
not exactly exciting, but it's not. I don't think he's a bad coach, and I think we got to kind of start there, right? Like, I think Dan Quinn can win some ball games. Um, I, I think he he really. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people about him, and a lot of people really swear that he is the right type of leader, right type of dude to kind of get this thing going on the right track. Um, you know, I, I don't know that this is the guy that they win a championship with or something, frankly. Um, but I don't think he's a bad football coach. I think, you know, the OC hire is going to matter a lot. Um, but it, that's in a vacuum specific to Dan Quinn. If you then zoom out and look at the whole process, clearly it didn't go exactly how they planned. Um, you know, we've heard that Ben Johnson wanted the money, and then we've heard that the interviews didn't go well, and now we're hearing from Detroit that he didn't like them because they're basketball guys. My, my guess is the truth somewhere in the middle on all of that. Um, I know from people I've talked to that the interviews were, it, it wasn't like a home run right away. Um, and I do know that they liked Dan Quinn throughout the process. Um, but I, I think if, if things had gone smooth with Ben Johnson, I think Ben Johnson would have been the coach. Um, so, you know, Dan Quinn in a vacuum, I'd say is like a, Seven out of ten, Dan Quinn, considering how it all kind of unfolded, is, is closer to a six out of ten, I think. Um, but none of it's going to matter if we get to Halloween and they're four and two. Everybody will be happy. That is true. The Mike McDonald thing, uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk on Friday morning reporting that the commanders did offer their head coaching job to Mike McDonald. Have you heard the same thing? Um, I've heard similar. I've heard that they were kind of scrambling late and Seattle gave him some more money and that's why he's staying in Seattle. Um, or, or maybe that's one of the reasons he's staying in Seattle. But I, like I, I haven't reported that. I haven't tried to track it down with multiple sources and stuff because enough other people that I believe i think garofolo reported it um so i I believe it certainly um which is kind of why you know it's gonna be really interesting monday afternoon how they try to spin this thing but I, i think the reality is this search didn't go exactly as they planned it i think they prob i mean there's also some reality with the trip to detroit that they had to it didn't have to be Aaron Glenn. I, I think they identified Aaron Glenn because he's an impressive candidate. But there there are some really rule requirements that they had to, you know, uh, you know, work within, and they they needed another external candidate interviewed to satisfy really rule requirements. And people are like, oh, why they still fly to Detroit? Like they were going to talk to Aaron Glenn no matter what. So, um, you know, I, I think they kind of left themselves in a situation where things move slower than they would have liked. And I kind of think some of that is their own fault, but I, I think some of that is, was, was because they thought they were going to get Ben. And so then, you know, we're not in this crazy hurry because Detroit's still playing. And while that was happening, I, I don't know that people would be that enthused about Brian Callahan or Dave Canales. I, I actually really like Canales, but like, they left themselves in a, in this scenario where Dan Quinn 
arguably became the best candidate out there. I honestly might have, may have wanted to just roll the dice on a Aaron Glenn or Anthony Weaver. Um, but I did have one, a coach I know in the NFC North saying, if you got to hire a head coach from Detroit staff, you want Aaron Glenn 10 times out of 10 over Ben Johnson. Not from a scheme or any of that standpoint, but just from a dude human standpoint. Yeah, I've wondered about why, as far as the reports go, the commanders in this head coaching search only interviewed two external offensive-minded head coaching candidates in Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson and Houston Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick. Uh, Do you have any idea why the commanders did not interview Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator Dave Canales, who was hired as Carolina Panthers head coach, or why the commanders did not interview Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, who was hired as Tennessee Titans head coach? I don't. I don't. Um, Clearly, it seems that the the leadership stuff was, was their goal in this. I mean, just looking at a number of the names, and you wonder what kind of, like, homework Peters had done. I, it's been a really interesting, weird kind of process, I'd, I'd say, um, where I'm not sure how much they necessarily nailed it. Um, and, you know, you've got a first-time GM, first-time NFL owners making these decisions, and, and maybe these are kind of the results, right? I, it's... Um, I'm guessing everybody will say they've learned a lot. It's just, it's remarkable for how fast and successful they were on the GM search that then it just went so slow on the coaching search. Some of that, again, that I, people, you got to remind people like the, the NFL head coaching requirements is a, there's a lot of moving parts there that they had to operate within. Um, and I think they did that. But I think it it hampered them kind of in other capacities. We're talking with Commanders Insider J.P. Finley of NBC4 about the Commanders hiring Dan Quinn as their head coach. Uh, Putting aside the process by which Quinn has become Commanders head coach, what would you say is the most exciting thing about Quinn getting the Commanders head coaching job? And what would you say is the most concerning thing about Quinn getting the Commanders head coaching job? Well, I mean, if you look at his track record as a D coordinator, he's, he's pretty fantastic. I mean, you look at those Seattle defenses, what he's, what they were doing at Dallas, the player development. I mean, Goldie, when's the last time players really developed here? It, I would not, that was not a strength of the, the Ron era. Um, so, you know, I, I think that stuff is really exciting. Um, as far as the head coaching record for Dan Quinn, I'd say that's pretty concerning. I mean, if you want to tell me, hey, they got to a Super Bowl, that's correct. And he deserves credit for that. Um, But that team fell apart pretty quick after Kyle left. But I I do believe he is that the leader, all that stuff you hear, I I buy all that. Um, And I think that's good and exciting. But I don't know that that, you know, definitively will have them win more games. A lot of the ways you described Dan Quinn is the same way Ron Rivera was described when he got to town. So it's like, all right, well, it didn't go great. I I think one vital and important step in all this is that Quinn 
will not have personnel control. And I think I think we all learned that that was a mistake with Ron. <laughs> Excuse me. And like all the other stuff going on too. Um, I'm at least excited that they have like a traditional structure for this operation. And, you know, you just hope you get better results as, as, a, as a result. The whole Rod Rivera 2.0 thing that Dan Quinn is uh, just another version of the commander's last head coach. Uh, is that unfair or justified? The people that want to just like really push back on that, I, how is it so dramatically different? Maybe they're, they're different people, obviously. And I think one big difference is I think, you know, Ron's fairly stoic and likes to take a very kind of like calm and measured approach. And by all accounts, Quinn is not that way and, and is much more um, energetic and he kind of, you know, you, he wants to bring the high energy all the time. Um, and so I think that will be like a good departure from Ron. Um, but dude, I mean, there are some similarities. I don't know why people are, are trying to push it push back against that like to me it's fairly obvious there's some similarities um they're both defensive coaches that took a team to a super bowl when they had an mvp winning quarterback and kind of fell apart when that quarterback wasn't that good um out of the nfc south if you want to like dig in that far so i i see it um to me, the most important thing that I stress is that I think there are some similarities with Ron, but that doesn't necessarily mandate that it will be the same results. And I think, you know, what is the saying in the stock market? Like, past results don't guarantee future performance or whatever? Yeah. That, I think that's applicable here. I mean, yes, all this stuff happened, but we don't know what's going to happen next no, we don't. The juxtaposition of the commander's head of football operations search that was rapid and thorough and resulted in this widely well-received hiring of Adam Peters as general manager versus the commander's head coaching search, which took a while and got confusing and has resulted in the hiring of Dan Quinn as head coach. Do you view the Josh Harris group any differently now as compared to a few weeks ago? I think Demons has been stressing this, and I think he's right. If if we were so fired up that they finally hired a GM and they're going to let him build the operation how he wants, then I think we got to take a pause and let him build the operation he wants. And that's probably easier said than done in a lot of ways. Um, and, and and this is not an exciting hire to me. Not to I'm not trying to downplay it because I think it could work out fine and I think Dan Quinn knows football and is a real leader and all those sorts of things you hear but I um, I, I don't know I, you don't want to be too reactionary right and and just be like oh well they hired a retread and now this thing's going to stink but it, it's I think it I can't imagine ticket sales were too brisk on Thursday when, when that became, when that news came out. Final question. What do you think ultimately was true? That the hiring of Dan Quinn as commander's head coach was an Adam Peters call 
or was the call of Peters, Josh Harris, and the advisory committee? Probably the latter. Um, but I, that doesn't make it a problem, right? Like, I think, I think they put this group together to figure things out together, and now they get to go forward. I, I, you know, like I think this will be Adam's operation now. Um, but I certainly, I think Myers and Spielman were involved, and Harris was involved, and that's not abnormal, dude. Where an owner's going to have some say in front office stuff or in like the owner's going to have some say in who the head coach is going to be like no matter where you are um but and it seemed like they had so much momentum that that maybe is is ebbing a hair by the way not just i think if they the problem is if they had just said we love dan quinn we get it you guys might not we're going to show you and they did it Right after Dallas lost, when he became available, I think it would play so much different than it does right now. All right, Commander's Insider, J.P. Finley of NBC4. Very good perspective on the Commander's hiring Dan Quinn as head coach. J.P., thank you, and all the best. Thanks, Al. Always happy to come on, man. I appreciate that. J.P. Finley, uh, not exactly sky high <laughs> uh, on the Commander's hiring of Dan Quinn as head coach, but something that I'm sure both JP and Dan are high on is what Nova Fireplace and Stove is offering to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. If you live in Northern Virginia and you have a masonry fireplace, call Nova Fireplace and Stove, which right now is offering an outstanding deal to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast and in stock would insert at an extremely discounted price, just $6,000 plus tax. The usual price is $9,000 plus tax. So this is a 33% discount and the $6,000 plus tax includes installation, permit, and county slash city inspection. And you can get a government funded tax credit as well, up to $2,000, dropping the price to just $4,000, all things considered. A site visit is required and you must have a masonry fireplace. But if you live in Northern Virginia, call Nova Fireplace and Stove, 571-513-3803. Ask to talk to my guy, Stuart Moore. He's the general manager. He's a big Commanders fan. He's a loyal listener of this podcast. Mention that Al Galdi sent you and get this exceptional deal on an in-stock wood insert. Again, 33% off. A standard masonry fireplace is only about 10% efficient, but a wood insert is over 70% efficient. A wood insert installed into a masonry fireplace elongates the burn time of your logs. This is a great way to heat your home and save money on heating your home. Uh, visit NovaFireplaceAndStove.com to check out customer reviews of Nova Fireplace and Stove, but call Nova Fireplace and Stove, 571-513-3803, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. That's Nova Fireplace and Stove, 571-513-3803, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you.
Well, this is a big week for our Wizards. Uh, not because of the games that <laughs> the team has, but because this is NBA trade deadline week. Uh, the NBA trade deadline is this Thursday, February 8th at 3 p.m. Eastern. To what extent our tanking Wizards will be making deals? Hard to say, but the Wizards on January 14th made a trade. They traded it two players on expiring contracts, Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala, to the Detroit Pistons for Marvin Bagley III, Isaiah Livers, a 2025 second round pick into 2026 second round pick. And the Wizards, very interestingly, did not play Kyle Kuzma, a very viable trade ship in the second of the team's uh, two games over the weekend. Uh, The Wizards uh, incurred two more losses (laughs) uh, over the weekend. Friday night, a 110-102 loss to the Miami Heat at Capital One Arena in a game in which the Wizards blew an 11-point second quarter lead and actually trailed for all of the fourth quarter. The Wizards in the second quarter led by 11 points at 45-34. They then allowed the Heat to go on a 59-32 run for a 16-point fourth quarter lead at 93-77. Then Sunday afternoon, a 140-112 loss to the Phoenix Suns at Capital One Arena. The Wizards in this game never held the lead and trailed by at least 19 points for all of the second half. Uh, our tanking Wizards in this NBA regular season now are 9-40. and That is the second worst record in the NBA. Uh, some absences for the Wizards over the weekend. Marvin Bagley III did not play in either game due to a lower back contusion. Isaiah Livers remained unavailable due to a right hip problem. Tyus Jones left that loss to the Heat on Friday night due to a sprained right ankle, but he did play in the loss to the Suns on Sunday afternoon. That was notable because Jones is a very viable trade ship. And yeah, Kyle Kuzma did not play on Sunday afternoon. This due to left shoulder soreness. Uh, What that means regarding the NBA trade deadline is hard to say. What is not hard to say is that the Wizards' defense on Sunday afternoon was atrocious. Uh, Defense may be an emphasis for Wizards interim head coach Brian Keefe, but the Wizards' defense on Sunday afternoon looked a whole lot (laughs) like the Wizards' defense did with uh, Wes Unsell Jr. as Wizards head coach. The Wizards on Sunday afternoon allowed the Suns to score 140 points, including 116 points over the first three quarters. The Wizards allowed the Suns to go 11-25 on threes and 43-63 on twos. The Wizards allowed the Suns to total 33 assists. The Wizards did total 11 steals in generating 18 Suns turnovers, but the Wizards got shredded by former Wizard Bradley Beal, who in his first game against the Wizards since being officially traded by the Wizards to the Suns last June 24th, scored 43 points in just 31 minutes, one second of playing time as a starter. Yes, 43 points in a mere 31-01 of playing time. Uh, Beal went 4 of 5 on threes, 12 of 16 on twos, and 7 of 7 on free throws. He basically could not miss. Uh, He also had 6 assists versus 2 turnovers and 2 steals. So the Wizards gave Beal a nice tribute video. A big time departure, by the way, (laughs) from how the Wizards basically ignored John Wall in his return to Capital One Arena as an opposing player. But Beal on Sunday afternoon scorched the Wizards. Uh, You had the feeling that that might happen 
uh, and that did happen. Uh, the loss to the Heat on Friday night, the Wizards' defense was mixed. Each team was really bad on threes, good on twos, and didn't commit many turnovers. That game really came down to two things. The Wizards got out-rebounded by the Heat 59-43, including having just six offensive rebounds to the Heat's 14 and thus just seven second chance points to the Heat's 19. And the Wizards generated 21 free throw attempts to the Heat's 35. The Wizards went 17 to 21 on free throws. The Heat went 27 of 35 on free throws. Uh, Also with the Wizards over the weekend, more struggles for Jordan Poole. Uh, The loss to the Heat on Friday night, Poole returned from a one-game absence caused by a non-COVID illness. He had 32 minutes, 36 seconds as a starter, went a horrendous 2 of 14 on threes. Now, to his credit, he also went 4 of 7 on twos and 2 of 3 on free throws and finished with 16 points, 10 assists, versus one turnover, four rebounds, and two steals. But the loss to the Suns on Sunday afternoon, Poole in 19 minutes, 47 seconds as a starter, went just 1-7 from the field, 0-3 on threes, just 1-4 on twos, did go 2-2 on free throws, scored just four points, did have seven assists versus one turnover and five rebounds. But Poole is a big part of the Wizards' bad defense, and the three-point shooting has been abysmal. Poole, for this regular season, is shooting just 30 points. 0.1% on threes. So the Wizards' offense on Sunday afternoon was mixed. They went just 7 of 32 on threes and just 11 of 17 on free throws and committed 18 turnovers. But the Wizards did score 68 points in the paint and going 34 of 52 in the paint. And the Wizards totaled 32 assists. Uh, also bad in that loss to the Heat on Friday night was Kyle Kuzma. Uh, 36 minutes, 14 seconds as a starter. He went just 5 of 16 from the field. Just 1 of 5 on threes and just 4 of 11 on twos. And he committed 5 fouls. Uh, went 2 of 2 on free throws. Finished with 13 points and 4 rebounds. Two bright spots for the Wizards in the loss to the Heat on Friday night were Corey Kispert and Daniel Gafford. Kispert in 31 minutes, 28 seconds off the bench. Went 6 of 14 on threes, 4 of 4 on twos, 0 of 1 on free throws, but he finished with 26 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists versus no turnovers. Kispert went 6 of 14 on threes. The rest of the Wizards went just 5 of 28 on threes. And Daniel Gafford on Friday night, 32 minutes, 11 seconds as a starter, 4 of 8 from the field, all twos, and 3 of 4 on free throws. He finished with 11 points, 14 rebounds, including 4 offensive boards, 2 assists, versus one turnover and a team best plus minus rating of plus 14. Uh, Also, Landry Shamit on Friday night was back from a one-game absence caused by a non-COVID illness. Next up for the Wizards is their final game before Thursday's NBA trade deadline. The Wizards are home to the Cleveland Cavaliers Wednesday night at 7. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, knows that football fans like you love a great game and a great deal. And so Little Caesars for Super Bowl 58 is inviting you to participate in Pick 6 for Slices in Sticks. Download the Little Caesars app, accept the Pick 6 for Slices and Sticks challenge, and if there is a Pick 6 during Super Bowl 58, you get free slices and sticks. Simple as that. Little Caesars has partnered with NFL legend Derek Brooks of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had a pick six in Super Bowl 37. So accept the challenge and win some free pizza and sticks from Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. We move now to college basketball. The first weekend of February is complete. Uh, It is time to get serious about the NCAA tournament. And what remains the case is that we could have zero teams from the Mid-Atlantic region make the NCAA tournament this season. But we also could have multiple teams from the Mid-Atlantic region make the NCAA tournament for this season. Uh, The best hopes for at-large bids are Maryland, Virginia, and Virginia Tech with uh, James Madison, VCU, and George Mason each having the uh, realistic potential to varying degrees uh, to win the team's conference tournament. But Maryland, Virginia, and Virginia Tech all have a lot of work to do. Uh, Maryland for this season fell to 13-9 overall and and 5-6 in the Big Ten with a 63-54 loss at Michigan State on Saturday evening. The Terrapins overcame a nine-point first-half deficit, held a one-point lead at 42-41 with a little more than seven minutes left in the second half, but then allowed Michigan State to go on a 22-9 run for a 12-point lead at 63-51 with less than a minute left in the second half. Uh, The Terps' defense was good enough to win. They held Michigan State to just 63 points and just four of 14 on threes and 20 of 40 on twos. But the Terps' offense, once again, really bad. Uh, The Terps scored just 54 points, went just seven of 30 on threes and just 10 of 25 on twos, finished with just eight assists versus 13 turnovers. Uh, The Terps did go a perfect 13 of 13 on free throws. But how about this? 6-1 point guard Jameer Young, he scored 31 of the Terps' 54 points. The Terps' offense basically was one guy, Jameer Young. He, in 39 minutes as a starter, went 4-12 on threes, 5-10 on twos, and 9-9 on free throws. He finished with 31 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists versus 2 turnovers. Uh, Terps players not named Jameer Young combined for just 23 points and went a combined 3 of 18 on threes and 5 of 15 on twos. Uh, 6'9", Julian Reese, he spent most of the game in foul trouble. He ultimately committed four fouls, played for just 14 minutes as a starter. I did think 
that Terps head coach Kevin Willard overcompensated for Reese being in foul trouble. 14 minutes as a starter, way too low even with the foul trouble. But Reese was like non-impactful. 0-2 from the field, all twos. 2-2 on free throws. He finished with just two points, just two rebounds, and three assists versus two turnovers. 6'8", Dante Scott, he had 39 minutes as a starter, went 5 of 19 from the field, just 3 of 12 on threes and just 2 of 7 on twos. And he had no assists versus three turnovers. He finished with 13 points and 10 rebounds, including three offensive boards. A bright spot for the Terps beyond Jameer Young was 6'6", Indiana transfer Jordan Geronimo, 35 minutes as a starter, 0 of 1 on threes, 3 of 5 on twos. He finished with six points, six rebounds, including five offensive boards and three blocks. But the Terps lack of scoring from guys beyond the big three of Jameer Young, Julian Reese, and Dante Scott. Major problem this season. And in this game, Reese and Scott were included in the lack of scoring. Uh, Jameer Young is having a special season. He, as of games through Saturday, was number two among all qualified players in the Big Ten in points per game this season, 20.9. Next up for Maryland, home to Rutgers Tuesday evening at 6.30. A very rough game for Georgetown on Saturday afternoon. The Hoyas for this season fell to 8-13 overall and 1-9 and in the Big East with a 91 91- 57 loss to number nine Marquette at Capital One Arena. The Hoyas suffered their most lopsided Big East home loss in program history. Uh, This game was a no-doubter, man. Uh, The Hoyas in the game never held the lead. They, for the entire second half, trailed by at least 22 points, and in the second half, trailed by as many as 40 two points. Uh, The Hoyas defense was atrocious. They allowed Marquette to score 91 points and go 14 of 31 on threes and 21 of 32 on twos. The Hoyas got worked by 6'5 shooting guard Cam Jones, who in just 21 minutes as a starter scored 31 points. Think about that. Just 21 minutes of playing time, and yet he scored 31 points. Uh, Jones went 7 of 9 on threes and 5 of 6 on twos. And he had two steals. Uh, And the Hoyas offense was terrible. Uh, They scored just 57 points, including just 22 points in the first half. The Hoyas went just 4 of 14 on threes, just 15 of 31 on twos, and just 15 of 24 on free throws. Uh, The Hoyas finished with just 9 assists versus 19 turnovers. Uh, No Hoyas player scored more than 12 points. No Hoyas starter scored more than 10 points. Uh, This game, a stiff reminder (laughs) of just how far Hoyas head coach Ed Cooley has to go with this program. Next up for Georgetown at Seton Hall, Wednesday evening at 6.30. Happier news for Virginia as the rise of Wahoo continues. So the Cavaliers for this season improved to 17-5 overall and 8-3 in the ACC with a 66-65 win at Clemson on Saturday afternoon. Uh, now, the Cavs did blow a 12-point second-half lead, but they ultimately notched their sixth consecutive win. The Cavs have turned their season around from 2-3 and three in the ACC to now 8 
and three in the ACC. Uh, the Cavs had a mixed and really odd game defensively. They, in the first half, held Clemson to just 26 points, but in the second half, allowed Clemson to score 39 points. The Cavs held Clemson to just 13 of 36 on twos, but allowed Clemson to go 7 of 20 on threes. So the Cavs, in the first half, held Clemson to just one free throw attempt, but in the second half, allowed Clemson to have 20 free throw attempts. The Cavs generated just four Clemson turnovers the entire game, but also held Clemson to just nine assists. So a lot to take in with the Cavs defense in this game. Uh, The Wahoos were not very good offensively. They went five of 15 on threes, just 21 of 44 on twos, and just nine of 13 on free throws. So the Hoos did commit just six turnovers, but the Hoos also had just nine assists. So the win, not a work of art, but this was a win. Uh, 6-9 Oklahoma transfer Jacob Groves, very productive for a second consecutive game. He had 27 minutes, 46 seconds off the bench, went 3 of 4 on threes, 4 of 5 on twos, 0 of 1 on free throws. He finished with 17 points, 4 rebounds, and a game best tying plus minus rating of plus 9. Groves went 3 of 4 on threes. The rest of the Hoos went just to 2 of 11 on threes. Uh, and 6-8 Ryan Dunn. He in 27 minutes, 21 seconds as a starter, went two of five from the field, all twos, and one of two on free throws. He finished with five points, but he had 10 rebounds, including four offensive boards, and he made two really big hustle plays. Uh, Done with a little more than three minutes left in the second half, and UVA nursing a one-point lead at 58-57 made a spectacular diving save of the ball as it was going out of bounds to maintain possession for UVA, and the possession resulted in a driving jumper by Jacob Groves from the right block for a 60-57 UVA lead with 2.49 left in the second half, and Dunn had a big tip-in for a 66-62 UVA lead with 39.7 seconds left in the second half. Here was UVA head coach Tony Bennett during his post-game press conference on Saturday afternoon on the hustle plays by Ryan Dunn. Those are, the, those are the winning plays. Those are the X-factor plays. There's no question that that play he made to keep it in and, um, and to save it and go flying into the bench and then that tip and I, those are, I'll remember those for a long time and um, because that, that's the stuff that it's got to be in here to do that and then the anticipation. So he used his grit, his athleticism and those plays won us the game as much as um, the four-point play and you know some of those other things. Yeah, next up for Virginia, a game on Monday night. Home to Miami, Monday night at 7. And speaking of Miami, it did Virginia Tech dirty on Saturday afternoon. Uh, The Hurricanes, who do still have former George Mason head coach Jim Laranega, as their head coach had another come-from-behind win over the Hokies, who for this season fell to 13-9 and overall and 5-6 and in the ACC with an 82-74 loss at Miami on Saturday afternoon. Bad loss for Tech, which blew a 10-point second-half lead. The Hokies in the second half held a 10-point lead at 57-47 with less than 11 minutes left, but then allowed Miami to win the rest of the game 35-17, a total collapse by Tech, which on January 13th suffered a 75-71 loss to Miami at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, Virginia, in a game in which the Hokies blew a nine-point 
first half lead. Uh, they In this game, this past Saturday afternoon, allowed Miami to go 7 of 16 on threes, held Miami to just 17 of 37 on twos, but also allowed Miami to generate 29 free throw attempts. And the Hurricanes went 27 of 29 on free throws. Tech had just 14 free throw attempts, went just 7 of 14 on free throws. So the Hokies got out free throw attempted 29-14 and got outscored in free throw points 27-7. The Hokies went 11-30 on threes and 17-28 of on twos. 6-3 Hunter Couture, he in 38 minutes as a starter, went 5-11 of on threes, 1-2 on twos, and 2-3 on free throws. He finished with 19 points and 3 assists versus no turnovers. But 6-1 point guard Sean Padula, he in 36 minutes as a starter, went just 3 of 10 on threes and just 2 of 6 on free throws. And he committed 7 turnovers. He did go 5 of 8 on twos, did finish with 21 points, 5 assists, and 5 rebounds. Next up for Virginia Tech at Notre Dame this Saturday evening at 6. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tuesday show, episode 756. We'll have plenty for you on the Commanders of the introductory press conference for Dan Quinn as Commanders head coach on Monday afternoon at 2.30, also on Tuesday's show. I'll talk Virginia basketball. The Cavaliers are home to Miami Monday night at 7. Have a great rest of your Monday, and I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Growth and development. 